Croatia. In photos and social media, it seems like a pristine paradise. But for some of its citizens, it's often all but a perfect wonderland. In this series, we take a look into what perpetuates social inequalities in the newest EU member state and expand the conversation to a global context. This is our podcast, and we are your hosts, Gigi and Celeste. So today, we're going to be talking about something that's a little bit taboo. And that's going to be the topic of addiction, more specifically, drug addiction. And in my surroundings, at least, people have always told me that they see this kind of as a choice. But upon further research and, well, I guess to spoil a little bit of this episode after our interview with someone who was a former addict, we've gained some insight into this cerebral disorder. Addiction is a disorder driven by biological processes in our brain. So basically, the person interacts with a rewarding stimulus, despite the negative consequences. So basically, your brain's reward system is what's enabling this phenomenon. And so when psychologists diagnose patients, they often use manuals like the DSM-5 that outline different disorders and their symptoms so that they can help their patients as best as possible. But in these manuals, they only recognize gambling addiction as a behavioral disorder. However, Mayo Clinic, which is a famous hospital in the United States, does acknowledge addiction to drugs um, under the title of substance use disorder. So drug addiction often begins in one of two ways. Firstly, through experimental use in social situations that become repetitive, or secondly, through exposure to prescription medication from either a doctor or a friend or a relative that has been prescribed to the drug in the first place. Addiction typically depends on, well, many factors. It can depend on the drug. Some drugs hook people in much faster ways than others, and that would depend on both the drug and also on the person because some people who are genetically predisposed to addiction have a tendency towards addiction, and those people, unfortunately, have to be extra careful with their substance intake throughout their lives. And with some drugs, you need a larger dose over time to feel the same rush. And this is when people get into the dangerous territory of overdosing because they just don't get the same high every time anymore. And it it takes more and more of the drug to actually get them to fulfill their addiction. Which, honestly, if we look at the opioid crisis in the United States, for example, is incredibly detrimental because these drugs are unregulated. And so you might take more of what you think has the same dose in it but maybe this batch came out much stronger and you it's much easier to overdose on, for example, fentanyl or something like that when you don't know how much of the actual drug component is inside the whatever it is you're taking. But if we look at the societal impact and kind of the sociology of this, so drug addiction and just drug consumption in general and its consequences, so health-related and otherwise, is often viewed as morally wrong. And so it's followed by intense stigma and mar- marginalization, which discourages the use of drugs in the first place and is supposed to improve the well-being of you know the general public, but also the soon-to-be ex-user. But however, in itself, this stigma and having people look down on you for something seemingly out of your control can be really detrimental to mental and physical health. Studies have also drawn a correlation between this kind of treatment by others and increased symptoms of depression and overall poor mental health, and even in some cases poor physical health, when the researchers base themselves on a specific 36-point well-being scale. 
Yeah, and this is also another indication of inequality. There is a correlation between lower socioeconomic status and higher prevalence of drug use and subsequent abuse. The problem is not about the average standard of living per country, but rather about the difference between the very top and the very bottom. In Croatia, there was a 2011 survey that was conducted to gauge the extent of drug use in the country. In the sample of nearly 5,000 respondents, 16% confessed to having used at least one illicit drug, be it cannabis, which was the most popular, amphetamines, ecstasy, LSD, cocaine, or heroin. Though this is not necessarily a drastically high incidence, there is a still a spe specific office that focuses on this problem, called the Office for Combating Drug Abuse, that has come up with several national prevention strategies for individual communities, especially executing them through the education system. So to what extent do these strategies even work? Well, in 2014, there were nearly 8,000 new people requesting treatment, of which 80% reported opioids to be their primary drug. And I guess there is some support for recovering addicts that want to be reintegrated into the Croatian community through either government or non-government institutions. So in the first category, government, the government supports these people through hospital or outpatient treatment, and they also have psychosocial care at government institutions. People who check themselves into the hospital will often go through detoxification as well as other treatment programs, and these can last up to months when the doctors deem it necessary. But there's also different organizations such as NGOs, rehab centers, and therapeutic communities like Narcotics Anonymous, which offer different types of counseling services and psychosocial support and therapy. So one example of this is the legal organization, which we were able to visit and take a look at their facilities. And we also were able to interview one of their patients, who is an ex-addict herself, and also a woman who is in her third year of university, who is doing an internship at the program and is working to see their programs from inside. Uh, hello, I live in Split. This town was very uh, specific and vulnerable many years ago. That uh, It was a town about drugs. People think that this era is over, uh, but it is not. Drugs are still... Um, Uh, breaks the, the the life. For example, uh, one young man, nice man, uh, his pa parents caught him that he 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 smoked a joint, and the, they took him to the therapist, and that uh, the therapist gave him so many medications that he turned up fucked up physically even. I myself uh, have uh, uh, one time uh, because it was really cir circumstances in my life terrible, I have anxiety. But it was, in my opinion, um, moderation anxiety and uh, yes, medication is needed. This medication helped me but A doctor uh, didn't take me off from this medication. I needed that for a month maximum, and my problem would be solved. Yeah, but they leave 
uh, that medication in my uh, doctor's files. <laughs> Some experts that are, uh, they say that Croatia have a perfect system. Yeah, from one side maybe, but from the other side, uh, not re- recovered uh, addicts. That these are people with no life, no nothing. They sit on the uh, street and drink beer and do nothing. You must be uh, from the street. So the doctors take you seriously. I came to this organization because I want to um, work on my mental health. I feel personally uh, that system pushed me out. I like school. I like to read very much. That was my passion, my world. And I was good in school. But uh, we, we moved to the suburbs. Uh, I was 13, and I started to listen rock and roll. So I wear Converse shoes and uh, rip-off jeans, and uh, young and older teachers uh, didn't like that. Teachers gave, gave us, I remember, paper format, a4 just learn this please and you will shall pass <laughs> if you skip uh, so and so class they they kick out you from the school everybody was in debt but they chose two guys and me they kicked me out from the from the school so i feel a little bit uh, betrayed by the school system. Yeah, I talk about myself now. I was lost for some... I was in an abusive relationship. No police, nothing. If it's a dangerous situation, you don't call a police, if you understand. It's over, thank God. Uh, but I must continue to uh, live. I have some experience now. Uh, I want to stay an open-minded person. I want to work on myself, uh, go out. I never was out. So I came to the Liga to expand my horizons and practice some things and have some plans and uh, wish me luck. (laughs) Well, it's good to hear that you're recovering and your situation has gotten better. And you've kind of already talked about this, but um, you came to this NGO because you wanted to work on your mental health and... And education. Yeah, exactly. So I guess you could, like, and this is also for you because you work here. Um, So I guess if you could talk a little bit about the types of programs that the NGO has you do... And, like, what does a day-to-day life look like for you here? Patricia, if you could talk about what it's like from the other side as well, I think that would be welcome insight. Uh, hi, my name is Patricia. Uh, personally, when I looked through NGOs, um, I was very interested by the program they work. These people are very motivated. They are very supporting. Uh, they understand that we have different kind of um, exclusion, discrimination in our system, there is so many inequality, like she mentioned. 
And uh, I've personally, I came here, I could say like without any knowledge, but I was pretty open-minded to maybe more give to my community to understand myself better because I really look at her as a person who has an emotion and who can recover, who can do something to society, not exclude her. So I was really, I, am, I can say personally, I'm very blessed to be here. These lovely people actually helped me a lot. They gave me some insight of myself. I think I understand myself better through this situation. She's not a story. She's not just something to be forget about. We live in this kind of political system. My country, they have so many things that we don't talk about because many people yeah. are afraid, many yeah. people are abused, many people are discriminated. They don't know where to go, so they go to drugs. And what you can do, you can just judge, men, judge them. Yeah. You, you should be more like... Um, we should be more open. Uh, people are afraid to speak. Exactly. Yeah. You should be more open. I understand that if you want to do something better, you just come to this like NGO, you just come to something, do some voluntary, some charity, anything, like just to make something better in this world. We have so many problems. But I would just say that now when I start like working my internship in a league as a prevention of obesity, I actually just started like doing some uh, mentoring. I started doing some different kind of workshop, workshop with children and it was very much a process as her, like education and learning how to implement also different kind of uh, NLP, so you know, linguistic programs, because I believe that anything can change, anything can transfer. So we started a little bit about yes. how, to, yes. how I can be a good leadership, good leader, how can I transfer her, because she's very smart, she's very intuitive, she knows very much what she's been through, and she knows what she wants. And she's also my friend, so I look at that, like, from that side, I am very emotional, sorry. <laughs> because I can see this is a, one of the young people who actually feel like didn't blend in mm -hmm. and needed to do something. And unfortunately, that's her story, but why not to just turn the page and make something positive? Yeah. And we need more positive people in this world, like, anywhere. So I feel really great now, and we are just starting doing some... Um, I piece of personal motivation on education and what her ambitions are and how can she discover some ideas. So this is just uh, the beginning. Well, that's really good to hear. And it's really good to hear that the volunteers and the people who work here have such a positive outlook. And I think um, this is something that we'll talk about a little bit later. But you touched on the stigma and the exclusion that people can feel because addiction is a disease and people don't always see it that way. And so I think, I think it's... Um, positive and encouraging for everyone to know that there's people there that even if the state resources or the doctors aren't helpful that the NGOs and the other organizations that are on the ground working are really there for the people that are kind of receiving their help exactly uh, unfortunately I have to say uh, in my country we don't have so much provided health system and support and NGOs who work with this way of um, recovering the, co um, the patient and the people who were convicted, they don't work so much because the, our health system, it's basically you go to doctor and they give you some meditation and they treat you as a patient. But uh, we could work more like through these NGOs, through 
different social services, provide uh, different workshop. This is kind of a, just a message of spreading some uh, positive things in political science. We kind of need it here to develop and spread it socially. Yeah, I agree with you. Thank you very much, Patricia. Uh, I just needed a little push, you know, just just a hand. Exactly. And so those young people, like you've been like adulthood, we all deal with some problems. They don't know where to go because the, the government, unfortunately, the government doesn't provide these services. And then we have some really amazing people, like I could say, like uh, my colleagues Ivana and Josipa, the organizers who basically started from just an idea. Let's just change something. I see the problems. I'm going to change it. I'm so motivated. And they just go for it. Just with, with yeah. hearts and without the mind, just listen and understanding those people. So that is the thing that we kind of needed more. And it's a good thing because we are more now open-minded uh, as a country, as a people, we more accept. And I think we also talk about more about these problems internationally. That's what I love. Yeah. But yeah, fear almost conquered me. Uh, and uh, for example, uh, I will take Patricia uh, uh, because she's here. Uh, that uh, she helps me a lot. It's a good, good friendship. That's a really important part of the support system. And I think kind of moving towards this um, topic of spreading awareness and what you talked about, how this is a very taboo issue. How do you think that your scenario and your experience with drug abuse set you back from the rest of the population? Oh, it could. I stay in one place. I didn't learn. Is there something specific you would like the general public, the average person, to know about what it's like to be you and what they can do to support you from afar? I mean, you talked about taking down that taboo and talking about it more, but is there something else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, I have that in mind. Uh, but no, I don't know how to answer. For example, my parents said, just throw it away. Throw it away. It's not good for you. But they drink coffee, and they must drink coffee every morning. If I say to them, throw that coffee, oh no, it doesn't make a problem. It, it is a disease, and uh, chronic, chronic disease. Well, um, I could say that uh, personally, I was also very open-minded, maybe a little bit afraid to understand more about how it's uh, working with a person who's a drug addict or recovered drug addict. But I could say that uh, people need to more, like she said, drop some uh, perspective and think about it from different level. Yeah, if I might add, uh, people who are drug addicts help me. They, uh, we are not small children that only want one thing. Uh, we are grown adults, but we also have lives. And yeah, I think it's valid to want to live a normal life despite the experiences that you went through. Yeah, and yeah, I think it's yeah. honestly honorable to watch you go from a situation that felt out of control and actually seek the help you needed. And I think that's really admirable, and I think not everybody understands how difficult it can be to take that first step 
to be like, okay, wait, this is a problem and I need to find help. Because I think oftentimes when it comes to addiction, but also just other bad habits, people deny that there's a problem Mm -hmm. and it's very easy to fall into the circumstance of oh this isn't an issue oh it's just casual oh i'm not addicted oh whatever yeah you you try a shortcut uh, i mean uh, brain is brain when you try a shortcut to the happiness uh, who doesn't like that yeah, yeah. Uh, but it is possible to recover it is possible and uh, and then i guess if you wanted to add on what you would want someone who's struggling with addiction right now and doesn't know what to do and doesn't know if it's a problem, is there some advice you would give them? Yeah, I know that you won't listen to me now if you have access and everything, but things are changing. They are not the same. These drugs will not uh, be in your brains always the same. And by that, I don't mean uh, simple things like, oh, first time is the best. Maybe... Today, that fix is what you need to solve a problem. But maybe tomorrow it won't be. I think that's inspiring. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it for our questions. But if there's anything else you, Patricia, want to add or if you also want to say anything else. I wanted to say that I don't want any of you thinking about something we did. Okay, it's bad. We abuse drugs, so whatever. It's define us. It doesn't define us. The things we left, the legacy that will define us. So this is a kind of a story that personally motivates me to do so many yeah, things yes, in I life. Yes, I agree. I agree. And I would love more people being more open and not have this uh, taboo about understanding that there is a deeper issues. We should not be afraid. I think we should more like unite. Choose people, of course. Exactly. And be together and uh, be just the one because in the end of the day, we all want people. And, and I would like, I would like so many changes in uh, the government, the best system, but it all begins with small people having a big idea and just going for it. That's what I love. And that's why I feel so inspired. Just I feel inspired by you, by all of people doing this really nice work it is a charity it's very it is very deep-hearted that's super inspiring after talking to our interviewees from liga we really gained some insight on a topic that is still considered to be taboo despite today's changing times as we heard from our interviewee and have seen from other independent research stigmatization and alienation towards those who have fallen victim to addiction is brutal and can really affect the healing process i mean People really judge the character and personality of addicts, even though addiction is more of a biological happenstance. And a lot of the times the blame that they face in society is crippling to their functioning in society. And that's really the main takeaway. It makes it even harder to exit this sort of cycle of uh, addiction and... Marginalization. Yeah, exactly. That's the takeaway we got from our interviewee. Just the difficulty of re-entering society, of being given a second chance. And that's what Liga aimed to do with their organization, was to give these people a route to making it back into society. So it is crucial that we work to improve the systems that support the people that have stumbled the way Liga does and focus on reintegrating them into our shared society.